Welcome to the uh, talk with Christians. We have, we'll go around and introduce ourselves real quick. Just say a quick, uh, inform, little bit of a couple sentences about you. And then uh, we'll get started. Today's topic is everyday evangelism. I have a little picture of the hand reaching out of the darkness. So um, everyday evangelism is just what can we do every day? You know, people always think you have to do all these amazing things, but it's more about real world, everyday things that we can do that you found to be successful, that you've heard to be successful in reaching the lost and uh, challenging those who, who may be uh, following the wrong way. So both ways are evangelism. So go ahead. Let's start uh, for me. I'll do Aaron first because on my screen, he's the next one. So Aaron. Uh, hey, I'm Aaron Gallagher. I live um, in the Memphis, Tennessee area. I work at the Gospel Broadcasting Network. And um, as far as everyday evangelism, you want you want me to just like talk about that right now or just introduce myself and we'll get to that later? Yeah, we'll, we'll all introduce ourselves and then we'll get right Perfect. into that. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm, I'm Aaron. I work at GBN. Awesome. Ben, sorry, you're in my line. <laughs> ben. Oh, cool, cool. I'm Ben Grady. I'm just, uh, I'm just an everyday Christian, you know, doing, uh, carrying out the will of the Lord and trying to be in His service. And uh, hope that I can benefit you guys and anyway, you know, reach out to me. I'm from uh, Canada, so. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. And then Chase, you're up. Yes, my name is Chase Turner. I'm in Monroe, Louisiana, and I work in a full-time Spanish ministry that trains preachers and teachers all over the world full-time, and also uh, in a local Spanish-speaking minister as well. Uh, awesome. And then Chris. Hey, Chris McCurley. I'm the preaching minister at Oldham Lane Church of Christ in Abilene, Texas. Awesome. Excellent. And then Christian. Well, I'm Christian Franklin. Uh, I'm definitely the youngest one here at 23 years old. Um, but I, uh, I I forgot to tell you guys this before, but I do co-host with my preacher, Brant Stubblefield at Deer Creek Church of Christ. We do a program we just started a month, month ago called What Saith the Scripture? So we just kind of kind of something like this. You know, we cover big topics, people ask questions and so on and so forth. So just everyday evangelism, basically. So. Awesome. And then we have guest Mick, who I know, a friend of mine. Hey, Mick. Hey, guys. I'm, my name is Mick Smith. I'm uh, just a local guy here in Norman Beach, Florida, and uh, I'm just uh, striving to learn from guys like you to be a, be a vessel in this crazy world. Right on. Yeah, so we, we have we have a, on the on the uh, one of the side of the chat there, we have a place where people can type in what they want to say if there's anybody who joins. Uh, but other than that, we're going to go through a topic. And then some questions people asked. So everyday evangelism, you guys could just spend a couple minutes each. Tell us um, what you found to be the most impactful way you've been able to do everyday evangelism. Something that that anybody could do. You know, if you're telling somebody who's a new Christian or somebody who's been a Christian for decades, what's something that you found to be effective every day that you can do comfortably that you that might challenge you a little bit, but also that you you think really is impactful. So let's start with um, Ben. Go ahead, Ben. You got something for us? Yeah. So for me, everything comes down to being able to make things personal to people. Come make your you reach out to your friends, you reach out to anybody that you can come in contact with and have a conversation with and bring God into that. Um, so every time that I'm out you know, speaking with someone, talking to a friend, I'm looking for those opportunities, listening and seeing uh, who's interested 
I know um, Aaron uh, plants a lot of things online and, and reaches and finds those people that we can pull out of the um, pull out of that. You know that they're interested in having a one-on-one -on -one study, and that's kind of the best way I think on, as of using online. I, I've, I've been doing my uh, group Warriors of the Cross for several months now, and you know you find those that are willing to look deeper and study. A lot of them come out of my at least the ones that are out of the world are coming out of people that I know from health, um, the health world of things and. And they're interested, you know, they're, hey, I know about God, but I want to learn more. So I've had a lot of studies and a lot of one-on-ones, and it's, it's been really helpful, you know, to be able to say, hey, you know, we have this common interest and investing in them, investing some time and uh, trying to reach reach them and get, you know, with the truth, right? And um, so. So you like mainly one thing that's been effective for you is your Facebook <clears throat> presence, social media, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, right, cool. Yeah. So that's something that even if it's your personal uh, account you've been able to by being open about your faith and asking questions to kind of engage people is that what you're talking about absolutely absolutely Good. yeah cool and anybody can do that right social media anybody can get in on there and type it so nothing complicated if you need help ask ben or me <laughs> uh chase what about you um i think a lot of times i i run into people that maybe have a personality that is maybe a little more abrasive a little harder to deal with and focusing on the people that others maybe aren't reaching out to because of that. And, and the reach out is more, how can I show people love? How can I serve other people? And not just through friendship, but through face-to-face -face service course lately, it's been difficult, but just general questions of how can I help you? Well, what, what needs do you have? And that's something that I've, I've learned in ministry is, as much help as you can give somebody else, the blessing comes to you through that. And, and so as much as you think the help is for somebody else, it's for you and everybody can help. That, that's one of the simple things. It doesn't have to be doctrinal. It doesn't have to be something that uh, is a Bible study, but just developing that, that love because people are going to want to know why you love them. Every single time it's why is he helping me? And, or, or why is the church? I, one of the things I really try to do is if I know there's a need, I, that maybe it's financial, whatever it is, if I'm helping, I try to do it through the church so people see that the church loves these people, not just how Chase is doing this. And as well, something we do for our, our Spanish-speaking members is just finding ways that a lot of times we wait for needs to come to us. I think, oh, well, we're, we don't ask. We're, we're not as proactive about meeting the needs of other people. And people are afraid to ask for help so many times. And so dropping a, an anonymous gift to somebody that you know has a need that's not gonna ask for it, or just asking and being open about it. And so service in that way has been very effective in, in getting people to respond to wanting to know more. Awesome, so like the sheep and the goats, you know, sick, hungry, naked, you're right there, clothing people, feeding people, awesome. So we've got social media, We've got active in people's needs, being perceptive of the needs that are out there, even if they don't tell us there's a need, but just being open and aware. And then Chris, how about you? Well, I, I don't claim to know a whole lot and I'm not very intelligent, but one thing that I think I, I've, I've come to know is that uh, people don't care a bit how much you know until they know how much you care about them. And so, you know, we always like to start with truth, and that's a good place to start. But with most individuals, um, they're gonna they're gonna pay attention to how you care about them. Uh, are you concerned? 
Uh, is there compassion? Do you love them? I didn't grow up in the church, so I can speak from my experience. And my experience has been the people that reached out to me and that were instrumental in me coming, uh, becoming a Christian. Uh, at the beginning, I didn't care one bit about their doctrinal stance on anything. I didn't even know what truth was. But what attracted me to them, to the church, was um, that they seemed to genuinely care about me. Right. That, that unconditional love, right? Absolutely. Nice. Yeah. All right. And Christian, how about you? Well, with the very little experience I have compared to you guys, um, I will say this. Um, I'll, I'll kind of tag off what Chris said about love, uh, time investment. People really, uh, at least from my experience with people I haven't talked to in years, contacting me now and saying, hey, can we go over some stuff? The time investment you you put into people to help them understand something, they really take note of that. And that actually helps them want to grow, want to learn their faith. Especially I've got a friend who actually grew up in the church, but he's fallen away. He just does not really uh, he does not really care anymore. And I won't name him, but he actually sent me a text last night because he's like, man, I love that study we had last week. Let's do some more of these. And so that time investment, that's a big thing for me. All that, which is just excellent. I try to use social media too, and but I mean the time investments—that's the biggest key for me. It's just really people will notice, like, hey, you really care about me. You have that love, you know. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. First John four eight. So, I think we can all agree that there's a you know investing time in people. That's really it does make a difference. So, well, I mean that's why we're Christians, right? Jesus, God showed His love that He sent His Son to die for us. So, I mean, love is what motivates us and gets us going. Aaron, how about you? Um, I think like when I kind of look back over the last 10 years, when I was, I'm 35 now, when I was 25, uh, I had, I'm pretty sure I had zero Bible studies with anybody in my life. I mean, I, I just never had a Bible study with anybody. And number one, I was terrified that I would basically ask them to study. They'd say yes. And then I would have no idea what to do. And, um, I think I was probably 25 or 26 when I just asked a couple guys from my, I did CrossFit back then, the CrossFit gym, if they just want to come over to my house and read the New Testament. I just said like, hey, look, I want to start reading through the New Testament. Do you guys want to come over? And they were they were members of a big uh, Southern Baptist church. And for me, it was like, you know, God gave me this book. Like, I don't know why for years I thought I had to memorize everything. Um, of course, over the years, I've memorized more, but I feel like God gave us in this format. I mean, if somebody's afraid to study with somebody, just and go get coffee with somebody and just read, just read the New Testament. I mean, the word will do the work. You know, I, I don't mm -hmm. need to, I don't need to, you know, sometimes I think when we quote so many verses so fast, we actually confuse more people than when we just sit down and let them read it, you know? Yeah, totally. Yeah. I, lo I love it because, uh, you know, how many times have you asked to have a Bible study that you get rejected? I don't know. Probably not enough. <laughs> yeah. that's your point. it should be like for this whole week i want to get rejected five times for a bible study that's my goal i, I will be successful if, if i do that you know and you're gonna get like all these people who say yes then you're like uh oh what's gonna happen now like you said um yeah so for me i uh, just covering it i like to watch i wear a shirt you know that says jesus wants you in heaven which um because i don't have any guts so i i, I wear a shirt you know and then also i have i'm gonna actually get this right now i'm gonna show you an actual visual everybody's just a little nervous right now <laughs> and this this is this is new by the way this is new stuff i put this sign this sign in front of my house it says christians live here 
Do you need prayers, help, or want to uh, learn about Jesus, the Son of God? And it says, please visit or call. And I actually put my phone number there. This is sitting in front of the house every day. You don't have to do door to door. Literally, I, I call this opposite door to door. This is because so it, it's funny. This is the, the 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 quarantine time. People walk by every day, <laughs> and they're seeing the sign every day. So I don't know why every single Christian doesn't have this in front of their house, honestly. Because I, I, there there are people who've you know texted me and said I appreciate it after the quarantine. We want to get together, and um, you know what? Why not? So for me, I, 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 everyday evangelism is like doing things. This is people think this is. I'm like, why does anybody? Why didn't I do this like ten years ago? Why didn't I have this in front of my house? Uh, because it's it, it almost seems scary. In fact, my wife said she was a little bit nervous. She thought that uh, maybe someone would mess with our house. And I thought, isn't that amazing? You know, we we want to be able to put this out there. And I had another sign that said "Elect Jesus Christ" a year or two ago. People stole the sign, uh, both of them, and I had to put two signs back up. But uh, wow. the thing is, is, is um, I think that everyday evangelism is about not being ashamed to be a Christian. So like you said, in love, um, being out there and approaching, but also just being out there as a Christian, praying for people, uh, talking to them. Uh, it's not easy. But I mean, what would Jesus be doing today, you know, at the quarantine mm -hmm. time? I, what would he be doing? I, we got to ask that question. So, yeah, these are great answers, guys. Um and I don't think we do it enough. I think especially in the church, it's not a very strong evangelism focus. It's a lot about Bible study and being focused on coming together. But it's not about going out, you know, and getting out there. And I think a lot of times it's just fear. It's like, you know, they think, well, so-and-so knows so much about the Bible. He can quote like so many verses. I'm not able to do anything. And you're like, yeah, but in your weakness, you're strong. So we need to encourage all of us here. need to encourage everybody to get out there, right? And start doing and, and whatever you can do. Uh, let's see. Okay. So Mick said, Mick said, it, cause he's put the chat. It's like the opposite of a no soliciting sign. That's right, Mick. It's like, <laughs> please solicit me. And I, and I literally guys, I put, I put Jesus, the son of God. Okay. You could say Jesus or anything, but I said the son of God, because this is critical. This is what it's all about. That's it. And if people read it, you've said the little gospel there a little bit, a little bit about it. So, um, yeah, let's, let's, so here's a question. Thanks for all your feedback. It's awesome. Uh, I'm a new Christian. I recently tried teaching the word to my friend and messed up so bad. I, I think they pushed him away from Christianity, probably maybe through offensive, who knows, whatever it is, but it says, how am I supposed to share it without pushing people away? So this is a good question. Cause do you think guys, the message pushes people away? The message of you need to turn from who, how you live. I mean, that can be a thing that would push people away. So what, what you, how would you address this? You guys can raise your hand, you know, physically, if you want, if you want to talk about it a minute, who wants to take it first? I'll call on you. Be careful. <laughs> Aaron, go ahead. <laughs> Aaron's like, yeah. I mean, I think like, um, the one thing I've noticed over the, I remember a time when, um, in the, just a couple of years ago, honestly, not that long ago, unfortunately, but where I just thought that I was going to tell them all the verses, you know, and, you know, I would run through the, you know, plan of salvation, which I've got down pad and somehow they were going to hear that and just say, Oh, wow. I mean, I think sometimes the fact of the matter is, I mean, the Bible does talk about basically it's the aroma of death to those who are perishing, you know, the gospel is. So I've come to the conclusion, if Jesus was the perfect evangelist and the perfect teacher and he didn't convert everybody, I'm not going to convert everybody either. But at the same time, like I never want my attitude or the way I present it to be the reason why they reject it. So my goal has always kind of been, 
when they walk away, you know, if they say, I'd rather them say, you know what, man, I don't like that guy's doctrine, but I never want them to say, I don't like him as a person. And yeah. so I've always tried to say, you know, like, um, just, you know, let's, if they have a question, I want to open it up and let them read it because there are certain things I could quote it to them. Um, but I just don't think that it has the same authority as them reading it for themselves. I mean, I can quote a verse and say, this is where it is, but it still is different than them, you know, actually reading a passage and saying, oh, that's what it means. And then it's like at that point, they're not, if they reject it, they're not, they think they're rejecting me when I quote it. But like, if they read it in the, if they read it for themselves, then all of a sudden, even if I quote, it, it's different because they're like, oh, the Bible says it, you know, it's not that, that guy. So I've just had much more success saying, you know, do you have a Bible? Open up your Bible or on your phone and like, okay, read that. What do you think that means? I mean, even like even denominational people that, but at the beginning of the conversation last week, I had a lady um, that told me she's in Kentucky. She said, I'm saved. I know I'm saved. Um, but I wanted to ask you about baptism. And I was like, okay, like, can I just show you some passages? And so I just said, open up your Bible. So we read through, you know, John the Baptist baptism, then great commission. And by the end of it, I just said, what do you think about all those verses? And she was like, well, I'm not saved. I'm lost. And I said, Oh, it really? She's like, well, yeah, it says you have to be baptized to be saved. And it was like, if I could have told her that at the beginning of the conversation, I could have easily said like, well, uh, you're not saved actually, because you know, you haven't been baptized, but that would have been the completely wrong approach, you know? And so just opening up and just letting them read it for themselves. I, I just think that that, you know, someone might still be pushed away, but you know, who's pushing them away. They know that it's the word and it's not you and your demeanor, that sort of thing. So, right. I mean, how can anyone be offended at their own voice? When you're reading it, you know, I don't like the way he said it, but if you're reading it at yourself, you, you said it yourself. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah, who's I think, next? Oh, Chris. I, I think, uh, I think one thing that Aaron hit on there is very important and that is approach. Uh, and I think we often look at the approach to evangelism is uh, getting them to the baptistry and the great commission is to make disciples. And too often we dunk them and send them on their way. We put a period there in the middle of the Great Commission and forget about teaching them all that I've observed, uh, all that you've observed or commanded. And so I think we also miss the point of the gospel as well. The gospel is not the plan of salvation. The plan of salvation is how you respond to the gospel. The gospel is the whole narrative of the Bible, the story of Israel, how that's completed in Jesus Christ, how he died, he rose again, he ascended into heaven, he's coming back, will be resurrected. It's the whole picture. And I think all too often we kind of, you know, proof text our way through and we, we throw out the really important passages like Acts 2.38 and then we rush them in the baptistry and we have people leave our church building, but they never pick up a cross because we didn't make a disciple. And I think, you know, the key is our approach. What are we trying to do? Are we trying to get them baptized as soon as possible? Are we trying to make a disciple? And if we're trying to make a disciple, that's going to take a little longer. Unfortunately, you know, based on, you know, so often we want to we want to rush the process because, I mean, for good reason. We don't want them, you know, to be lost. And uh, but if the goal is to make disciples, that that is something that. Uh, you know, that's going to take a little longer and it's going to take the whole gospel. It's going to take us presenting everything uh, and not just these few passages that we feel like are really, really important because they're the ones that pertain to salvation. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. You want them to push you, not you to push them to baptism. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, like the I mean, Ethiopian eunuch, right? Hey, yeah, there's water here. It's changed, it's changed the way I preach too. It's changed the way I offer an invitation. Um, 
because I think too many times we offer an invitation and somebody comes forward, we don't really know their situation or where they're at, but we go ahead and baptize them because that'd be embarrassing, right? And, uh, and then they leave and they never come back. And, you know, that happens quite often or people that get baptized and then they think they're good. And, you know, I, I think there's a whole lot more to it than that. And so when we put the emphasis on just one thing, uh, I think we're selling ourselves really short and we're not making disciples. Yeah, that's a good point. Exactly. Yeah, it's like the turn and well, it's like almost like I call it fast food Christianity. It's the if you say this prayer, you're done. Now head on out. You're done. And it's like, well, do you even know who Jesus is? Like what he called you to do? <laughs> Anybody who's yeah. that? Okay, Jay, Chase yeah. is up. Chase. Yeah, kind of continue on with that in the whole process uh, and, and kind of back to her question. I think oftentimes we offend people more when we don't know who they are and they don't know who we are. And to me, it's kind of like a marriage sometimes. My wife knows I would never intentionally hurt her feelings. She knows me well enough to know I'm never going to do that. And so if I ever say something that could potentially hurt her feelings, she gives me the benefit of the doubt. And then, and then we talk about it. And when we study with people, I think it's the same way. But we, we have to know people well enough to know that when we say things, that, that it's said in love. I studied with a couple, but the couple that is the reason why we started this Spanish-speaking church where I'm at, studied with them for three years before they obeyed the gospel. After about six months, they could tell you how to become a Christian. And, and we studied through so much more than that, but, but they could tell you, and I would ask them a question, but in fact, two and a half years into it, we had a, a service and a, a lady had a question about baptism and the husband answers the question with scripture. He was teaching her what she needed to do and he hadn't even done it yet. It was another month later. And so I think one of the things oftentimes when people get pushed away, I think it's because they get either too much too quick. And, and we're kind of like Chris said, we're so eager to get them to that baptistry that something's going to offend them because us trying to get them to that baptistry sounds like we're telling them their laws. People don't want to be baptized until they realize they're lost. And if we're the ones pointing the finger, then we've taken that seat of judge and and that kind of removes you from the evangelism equation. And, and we're really, you know, in a role that we're not intended to have. And, and so I, I think building relationships is so much more important on the front end to where people understand, all right, he, he just said something that's potentially offensive, but because I know him well enough, I'm going to ask him what that meant, not run away because he offended me. Right. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, because, you know, people are yelling at you all the time. You tell someone, hey, you're wearing a purple shirt. You're going to go to hell. They're like, what are you talking about? You know, they don't know. They don't know what the purple shirt has to do with anything. <laughs> like, you know, you have to explain to them the purple shirt came from this place and this is what's causing this to happen. You know, they don't know. I was trying to think of Second Corinthians 11. Where's the simplicity in Jesus Christ? Um, yeah, but in verse 3, 11, uh, 2 Corinthians 11, 3. But, but I am afraid that just as the serpent through his deceitfulness misled Eve, so your mind should be corrupted from the sincerity that is in Christ Jesus or simplicity. But keeping Jesus simple, you know, like you're talking about, instead of making it so complicated and all this stuff, it's a, it's, it's a good, good idea, like you said. Um, Christian, how about you? 
Yeah, you know, I'm going to completely agree with the relationships. Um, you re Building that rapport, I think it's kind of a fancy word, but building that rapport with someone, building that strong bond. Um, I was a public relations major in college, my undergrad, and um, a big thing with public relations and advertising, well, advertising is very one way. It's a one way, you know, advertising trying to get someone to you know, buy your product and whatnot. With public relations, you kind of have that same idea, but it's 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 a, it's a two-way communication. So you build a relationship with your clients, and so the point of what I'm trying to say is that, um, especially with uh, getting to know people on, on a personal level, on a on a uh, a foundational level, getting to care about them, kind of going back to what we said about you know loving, being able to speak the truth in love, Ephesians four and verse fifteen. The, the thing is uh, that you know we don't. I think sometimes uh, evangelism can become a competition within the church. And I'm not saying any of us here are doing that, but I, I've known some or have talked to some preachers are trying to, you know, try and baptize as many people as they can. But it's almost just artificial. And like you said, we kind of in, in general, we kind of you know baptize people, send them on their way. But we don't actually build that rapport with them. They don't like what well, they have so many more questions. And I think sometimes people think, oh, I have to know every single thing about the Bible before I become a Christian. And so which is obviously definitely was not my case. You know, I, I learned how to be saved and be baptized into Christ, but I had so much more to learn. I still have so much more to learn, but uh, it's through that love and through that rapport that we build with people um, and, and being fragile with them in a sense and not, not sacrificing sound doctrine, but also being fragile and being able to just be patient with people because it, it's a lot to learn. It's a lot on their hearts. There's a lot to think about when you're, you know, having to repent from an old, from you know, getting out from the darkness and walking in the light. First John chapter one It's just there's a lot to it. And so being fragile, building that rapport, but also, you know, let you know, laying it on them or giving them the text because all the answers are in the text. You know, I'm not making you know, we're not making this stuff up. All the answers are in the scriptures, but it's just, you know, having that time and having that relationship to really uh, invest in somebody and, and point them the right way so they can, you know, they can see it for themselves. And so that's kind of where you're, you're saying it's not about us then, right? <laughs> it's about them. Right. <laughs> that's right. the key, isn't it? It's about the other people. It's, we, we love them. We don't, it's not about me, you know, Hey God, right. I baptized or did this. That's not it. <laughs> All right. Awesome. And you, people see that we're not a salesman. Are we a salesman? Are we selling a product to make money? We're not. So that that people see salespeople all the time. I don't want to be a salesperson. Ben, how about you? Well, I agree with everything that's been said so far. We are to yeah, look hey, at the long as, haul. As, ben, as you get to the end, you yeah. got to just say, I, you know, I got nothing to say. Uh, <laughs> that's right. No, Y'all said, said it all. No, <laughs> no, no um, you know, this, it is about the long haul, patience, developing relationships with them, showing them that you love them. Um, and then I think also establishing Bible authority with them so they understand that when they see it in the scriptures, when you're guiding them to the scriptures and they're reading it for themselves, they go, okay, am I accepting what the Bible says? This isn't what Ben's saying. This is what God's word is saying. And sometimes we want to apologize for what the truth does say when they, when they recognize, you know, and sometimes we have to give them their space and obviously let them kind of soak it in. You're looking at that long haul you're looking at waiting for them to come around and to choose hey i i want to commit to this i want to commit to putting these things away making this decision to change and be in service to the lord and realizing the importance obviously that brings for us and the 
internal realm. Well, um, and we're, you're competing with stuff too. A lot of people have heard about Jesus or what you're supposed to do and all these things about religion. You know, wouldn't it be a blessing to come upon people who have never even heard the Bible? You know, so, so much in America, people know something about Christianity, they have some sort of, they've watched something on TV. So that you, you got to get through some of this um, confusion in order to get to the clarity of like, well, all these things you've heard may not be true, you know? Right. And so that, that's hard to, to when people come from that preconception. I'm a good person. I, I went to church once, you know, those type of things. So in this example, uh, it says, how am I supposed to share it without pushing people away? Uh, we talked about loving them sincerely. So this person ap apparently has hurt somebody or maybe offended them or whatever. Uh, let's just do one person can answer this one. What, what advice would you give them to go and should we reconcile this person? How would we, because we don't want to just leave this, right? We don't want this person to just let that go. What should they do with that person that they may have pushed away that would help? Uh, if we were to tell them today in one sentence, just it doesn't matter who, who wants to do it. But here goes one sentence. Well, you know, like a three, three <laughs> well, 140 uh, characters, 140 characters. Uh, I think the I think the key to, to resolution, if she feels or he feels there's a problem, the key is going to be communication. If you in, in her question says, I, I almost pushed her away. How am I supposed to share it with her? So she wants to go back. So my advice would be to, to go and ask questions. So many times our approach is preach. We need to we need to learn exactly what the other person is feeling and being transparent with. Look, I said this, and, and I hope if that offended you, I want to talk about why and, and getting to the root of the problem through communication, not assumption. Cool, and that goes well with what you were saying earlier. You know, uh, let's see public chat. By the way, if there's anybody who has questions. Uh, Mick said, reestablish a friendship till they seek the fruits of the believer. So that's cool. Um, on the on the chat area, I've seen some, a person enter here. If you have a question, just feel free to type it in. And we'll, we'll do our best to help you answer that question. Okay, the next one is kind of long. You don't have to read the whole thing. Um, but they had said, you know what? They've been reading the Bible. Um, they've actually turned away. They used to go to the Protestant church. Uh, and they said... Um, I really want to follow the Lord with all my heart, soul, and strength, which is really cool. It's, hard, it's amazing that people would want to do this on their own, you know, reading the Bible. So they gave up soccer, which was causing them to do drugs and things um, because they wanted to serve God first instead of do these things. And then it says um, in the middle, just as the Lord said, he who wants to live his life shall lose it. But he who loses his life for my sake shall find it. So it's really amazing. The word of God is powerful. The person has not been preached this. They've been reading it. And they're like, I want to give up some of these things that are causing me to, to, to go away. And it says, when I was a baby, I was baptized. But baptized comes from yourself if you really want to follow the Lord. So this is just their belief and understanding. So I want to be baptized, but can I do that on my own? Because I have no other real Christians to baptize me. So, and then they asked about the, the Holy Spirit. Like, how would I how, get the Holy Spirit? Stuff like that. So it's, it's um, this is a good question. It's kind of an outlier, but maybe some people might have this, especially with this remote stuff we're doing today. Maybe people will be somewhere in a city where there are no Christians. So what would be your, your, your guys, if you have any experience with this, any, any uh, advice that you might give? Just raise your hand if you want to go. Everybody can see it pretty much. Or I'll call on you. <laughs> ah, Chase. I, I don't want to be the only one that talks tonight, but uh, we, we do a, a we do a Spanish ministry all over the world. We, we get people that send questions similar to this, uh, not real often, but we've had it happen. 
And in fact, there's a lady in Spain that had studied through a, a course that we offer. It kind of takes you through the whole uh, process from Old Testament, New Testament, how to become a Christian and, and serve God. And after she got done, she said, I've got nobody to baptize me. And so she, she wanted to know what, what she could do. And so we started looking for a church for her in that area where there wasn't one. And so she had a guy that drove a bus and she went to him and said, will you baptize me and explain to him why? And then he was baptized after he had baptized her. And they started the church in the town where they live. And so I, I think there are ways that um, for this particular person, what greater teaching tool do you have to explain to somebody why you want to become a Christian and them help you to do it? Because they're asking maybe even a total stranger or barely an acquaintance that's going to want to know why in, in the world are you asking me to do this for you? And, and so I, what a great way to start a relationship or to build upon a relationship. Because the relationships I have with people that I've helped to become a Christian or people that I'm baptized, those relationships are, are so strong that it's hard to think of a stronger relationship you could have with somebody than somebody you share Jesus with. And, and, and even with my wife, same, same thing. And so uh, that, that would be kind of the approach I'd take with that is finding somebody you can teach about why you want to do it. Right. Like you had said two things. So the first one you tried to do was find a group of Christians, right? And then mm -hmm. if you couldn't find that, the next step was that one. So that's that was your advice in those two steps for someone to say, hey, find a local congregation. If not, well, they should reach out to you, Chase, too, because you probably have good advice. This person <laughs> which I can, uh, on that. Well, anybody Yeah. Any, anybody else well, have any? Uh, oh, go ahead. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. One more thing. Can we give our contact information to these people or can you send yeah. it? Because I'd be happy to. I mean, yes. Right. Yeah. In fact, I've corresponded with this person and they are from uh, Europe area where there's not a lot of churches. And so I'm trying to find a church for them, like you said. But definitely, I want to. I, I told them we talk about. It. I asked them, could we put this question up? And they said yes. So, well, I've got contacts all over Europe. Uh, okay. Within the church, so yeah, share, share myself with them, and we'll see if we can help them out. Okay, cool. Yeah. Anybody else have any experience or uh, advice about this? I mean, uh, we we had a situation uh, with a young couple that watched on Instagram, and they were in Norway. <laughs> And um, basically the church is, I mean, there's one, there's one small house church in Oslo, Norway, and they were six hours away. And um, the people, I just told them, I said, baptize each other. I mean, it was the first time in my life I ever had a situation where we're so spoiled in the, I mean, I don't mean in a bad way, but in the U.S., I mean, we've got, you know, we're going to, you know, we're going to like a town and we're like, okay, which one of the 16 congregations are we going to, you know, worship with? And, <laughs> and um you know, they're in Norway and six hours is the closest. And they're like, I want to be back. I said, well, baptize each other, you know, and then a couple, I think it was maybe four or five days later before we found another congregation four hours away. And those Christians drove and met them and they rebaptized them anyway. I was, they said, what do you, I said, do whatever you want to do. I said, I, I honestly think you're fine, but they rebaptized them anyway. But it's like, you know, but the guy watching, I mean, I know what he's, what he's saying about not having churches, but just like uh, Chase said, there are congregations all over there. It might be a little harder to find, but you know, all over Europe, there are faithful Christians. So Europe, I think Europe's a fairly easy place to find someone. Um, just last week I had to track someone down in Pakistan, which was a little Ooh. bit more difficult, yeah. but there, but, but I'm saying there are members of the church there. So, you know, it's, there are members of the church. I've yet to find any place where we couldn't find one. 
even if it takes a few days. So, um, right. yeah. But, uh, I, I mean, where if this guy's watching, um, good for him that he basically is saying, look, I saw what I did, and this is what the scriptures, and I just want to be pleasing to God. And I think that's awesome. So, Isn't that amazing? Like to see that pure heart. I don't even know if I'd have that pure mm-hmm. of a heart reading the Bible if I was a Christian. Um, mm-hmm. So the, the, the cool thing here is that, that it, it's, it makes me, my heart break, though. When I went to their city, I was looking for the church, and it was like, you got to keep, keep expanding the map bigger and bigger, you know? And you're like, oh, man, we gotta, somebody's got to get over there. <laughs> and then I talked to my wife and said, hey, wait, we could, we could like you said, Aaron, if you led people, or, or Chase, if you let people and they get baptized, there's the church right there. Now the next people who come, you could be like, there they are right there. So that's, mm-hmm. it's a new way of missionaries, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of exciting. Anybody else have any uh, thoughts, feedback? I'm going to see how long I can keep awkward silence for. <laughs> no, I, think, I mean, I think you guys hit it on the head. I don't have anything to add. I mean, I think, you know, it's so difficult sometimes. And I situations pop up, you, you almost struggle to figure out, okay, well, what do I say, what do I do here? But, you know, one thing I know is we serve a God of love. And I think too often we think he's going to try to catch us on a technicality. And yep. therefore, you know, he's going to make us a French fry for all eternity if we don't do this exactly right. And, uh, you know, I think the heart of the individual means something. And uh, I think the advice that, that Chase and Aaron both gave is excellent. And I think, um, you know, absolutely. We had, we had a situation similar to that, although it's here in America. So, I mean, it's not quite the same. Uh, actually, it's not really the same at all, is it? But, uh, but we had a situation where, you know, the couple wanted to get baptized and, you know, um, they they had come from a from a foreign nation and so um you know it was fortunate that they came upon us but they said there was nobody to baptize us over there what would we do and i said well you find somebody to baptize you and uh you know but they they said well doesn't it have to be a christian i said well you know i mean i think the example is there but i mean as far as the restriction or the mandate i mean you're going to have a tough time with that i think i think what aaron said is probably the best course of action yeah, and, and like Chase said, it's really cool to, if you got somebody you didn't even know too well to do it, they would be wondering, what in the world are you doing? Like, you know, this is interesting, right. you know. Maybe yeah. we should do that well, all the time. I'm, Maybe we should just go to a place and have people just randomly baptize us just as an evangelism tool. <laughs> 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 That'd be funny. And then obviously, sure. yeah, yeah, obviously we all agree that um, at the end, that he was also asking um, – about the Holy Spirit. So what does the Bible tell us about when we receive the Holy Spirit? Does anybody have any advice on that one? Well, I believe we receive it at baptism, but I know there's a lot of, I know there's a lot of, uh, you know, um, different views on that. Um, but I, I certainly don't feel like that's a line of fellowship if somebody doesn't agree with me on that. But uh, I believe it's a gift we see. I don't believe it causes us to do anything miraculous or supernatural as far as I think the Holy Spirit's miraculous and supernatural, but I don't think it, you know, allows, uh, I don't think it operates the same way as it did in the New Testament as far as speaking in tongues and things of that nature. But I, I do think it's a gift we receive at baptism and the Bible spells out some of the things that, you know, the Holy Spirit does for us working in us. Yeah, I mean, Acts 2.38, Peter, first, first sermon, uh, he said, uh, you know, be baptized, repent, be baptized, every one of you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. So that you, so that you may receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So um, obviously, P- Peter taught it. Jesus taught it. So it's important that we always do what Jesus says to do, right? 
And uh, this is great, this person. So I guess all of you guys, um, if you could pray for this person, you know, in your this week, that'd be awesome to help them get connected. I will also forward to you. Uh, let's go to, uh, let's see, we got about a few more minutes. This is, might be a heavy one. Yeah, that's kind of heavy. That one's the one about, about killing and self-defense, which we might wait till a little bit later. Um, okay, so here we go. We got, we got about 20 minutes or last 15 minutes, let's say. Uh, I want to ask you, uh, like, let's say you could tell somebody this week, a Christian, a believer who may have never done evangelism before, ever. Uh, they, 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 they do believe. They have become a baptized believer. Uh, they know the Bible somewhat. They know who Jesus is. They know the gospel. What would be something that we could call them to try this week um, and say, you know what? Why don't you step out and try this thing? Try this and see what see what happens. What would it be? What would you do? What would you challenge someone with this week? I'll call people. Ben, Ben first. All right. Yeah. So I would just say, ask a friend. I mean, why not ask someone if they want to study the Bible? And then we have tools available to us that we can use, you know, um, several different options out there, Bible correspondence courses, things that you can use as a tool to guide us, guide them to the truth and not have to worry about, oh, I don't know where to go with this or what to do or what to say. You can just work through it and then, you know, see where it goes. Right. And, um, if you never hey, ask, you'll never know. Ben, are you saying you just ask these words? Would you like to study the Bible? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. If we if you don't ask, I mean, who's going to say, yeah, I want to study? Now, if that's you scary, which it can't be. That's right. If if that's scary, where are we as a Christian? Yeah. You know, like, where are we? If, if we can't say, hey, would you like to study the Bible? Are we ashamed enough to be like, do you want to study this? I, I mean, they're not going to shoot us, at least in America, you know, and uh, – <laughs> So there you go. Ben, our ch Ben's challenge is Ben's challenge is to say, would you like to study the Bible? Right. Pretty much. And, right. and, and you know what? You're, and if they say yes, here we go. Everybody who's watching. If they say yes, anybody here, Ben, as anybody will be happy to help you. So guess what? There's no excuse now. We can ask somebody if they say yes, that's a high class problem. You might say that's a problem you want to have. So, um, OK, thanks, Ben. Uh, what, Chase, go ahead. What about you, man? What would you challenge someone with this week? Um, I think similar to that, but maybe a little bit different. Um, <laughs> one of the things I learned several years ago uh, was about permission evangelism. And, and if you're talking to a total stranger, uh, one of the approaches, it's a little less confrontational, but, but maybe a more approachable whenever we're not in our quarantine is, Hey, our church has this activity coming up and, and it could even be something like uh, a video lesson at this moment or whatever, but Man, could, could I get your email address or or whatever so that whenever we have something, I can reach out to you? And when people share their contact information with you, they're giving you permission to invite them to whatever that activity may be. And, and I think activities are a lot of times what build relationships, which cause people to want to be around Christians more often. And, and a lot of times it, it's very effective. And. I'm going to add to what Ben said, or, you know, Benjamin said, when we started that Spanish church, it started because I was sitting in a gym on my computer and I was working and this guy approached me as a maintenance worker. I kind of developed a relationship with, and I just asked him randomly, Hey, if we started the Spanish Bible study, would you be interested in coming? He was more excited than I was. Wow. And, and it's effective. I mean, when you ask people that question, you'd be surprised how many times people are looking but don't know where to look. And so 
Uh, for me, getting their permission to contact information, I mean, that's the best way to build relationships. If they're willing to give you contact information, so challenge, find one person that's willing to give you their contact information for activities that may be coming up that you're going to be involved in. And in this case, like maybe online something, right? Like invite right. to, to watch something. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's, that hit me in the heart, man. When you're like, how many times are people walking around right now just saying, I want somebody to ask me about the Bible. I want someone to ask me about the Bible. And we're just like walking around. Uh, whoo, that's strong. Awesome. Uh, Chris, go ahead. Uh, come and see. I mean, that's biblical, right? Just come and see. Why don't you uh, come to church with me this Sunday? You can sit with me. Well, you know, and afterwards we can talk about what went on. Um, when I was living elsewhere, uh, I had a neighbor that I invited to church several times. Eventually he came. But before he actually came, he told me, he said, uh, hey, the guy that lived in the house before you was a Christian, went to the same church as you, and he never once asked me to church. Wow. And uh, that resonated with me. I thought, okay. Um, I said, well, why don't you come with me? And he did. He came a couple of times, just showed up. I mean, uh, I wish I could say he became, a, you know, an amazing, you know, elder in the church and all that. He didn't. But I, I think come and see. Just simple invitation. See what that leads to. Not yet he didn't. <laughs> what, what was that? I said not yet. Doesn't there, mean he won't go. like don't yeah, not yet. <laughs> yeah. Aaron, go ahead. <laughs> um, I guess I, the one thing that I um like when I talk to someone about evangelism, I always say it is awkward. Um, especially sometimes personal evangelism. Like sometimes pe I meet people and they think, Well, you're an outgoing guy, it must become natural to you. It's still just as awkward, like when I'm in, you know, if I'm doing a gospel meeting, one of the things I'll try to do is go to a different like little town near the gospel meeting and sit in a coffee shop and just read, getting ready for my lesson. And when I see a guy studying his Bible after years of doing it, it's still just as awkward. It was the first time to walk over and say like, hey, man, like what, you know, what are you doing? You know, because you're hoping for the Acts 8, you know, oh, how can I unless someone guides me? But that's not <laughs> normally the response that you get. Um, so I would tell somebody like, look, it's 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 awkward. It's going to be awkward to just ask somebody at first it gets easier over time but um i really think just kind of like what you guys are all saying is kind of spot on and just trust that somebody uh, actually has been that the the he quoted for hebrews 412 in the in the chat the 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 word is where the power is i mean it's not in me i mean so just show people the word like you know invite them to come and see and whether it's a sometimes too i'll ask somebody hey would you like to have a bible study or would you like me to give you like an overview of the bible and no matter how they answer that question, they normally get the same thing. I'm going to say, this is the Old Testament. This is the New Testament. This is Acts 2. Let's read it together. And, um, but, you know, just options for people that makes them feel comfortable to want to sit down with you. But it's always, it's always awkward. So it's for me, at least, you know, walking up to a complete stranger and, you know. Yeah, it's, but it's life and death, right? Mm -hmm. Isn't that, that's amazing. So cool. Uh, Christian, how about you? Oh, we're saving the best for last. I see. That's right, man. That's right. And the youngest. <laughs> no, I, I completely agree with all these guys here. I mean, you guys have so much experience and, you know, it inspires me to want to do the same. I would just tell someone to cast your net out there um, because I've had a couple people around my age. They're like, man, and I'm, I'm not trying to like put myself up on a pedestal but for being kind of younger and just trying to get out there. They're like, how do you do that? I'm like, dude, I don't really think before I act, but Here's the thing is, you know, Pastor Ned out there, I like, you know, social media has been great. I even posting like service times for your church. That kind of thing really does help because 
I was I was actually at a, a restaurant two weeks ago, or actually before the corona hit, it wasn't two weeks ago, but it was about a month. Uh, there was a girl I had classes with I knew throughout college, did not really talk to her much, but she came up and talked to me, and I just opened up, say, hey, you know, I was like, do you have a church home? I just kind of went into it. Do you have a church home? Do you have anywhere you're worshiping? And she said, no, I've been looking for years. I said, hey, come to our place, come to Deer Creek Church of Christ, you know, uh, we'd love to have you. Um, and then she, I gave her my contact information. And so basically that kind of led in. She texted me every night. She's like, oh, when does time start? When does all this? I mean, and this was kind of a girl I, in my mind and just in my feeble human mind, I would think, oh, she does not really seem interested. But man, you would be surprised. You will be surprised. It's like with my dad, I won't get into that, but you know, my dad was not a Christian until last year and I studied and was able to baptize him. Thank the Lord. But just the people, it's just people you don't expect. And so that's why I really do tell uh, my friends and, you know, anybody out there, I know you guys just do a lot of evangelism, talk to a lot of people, but casting that net, seeing what you can catch. I mean, that's just kind of the thing. And, and really just, uh, I would say social media, you know, some people can think that you're annoying just posting all this Bible stuff on social media. I'm like, I don't care. It does it does prick people's heart a little bit, you know, it cuts them in the heart and it makes them think. And so it just kind of, you know, that's probably a very reckless young person thing to say. But, yeah, I'll, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'll, that's kind of my man put on that. But Well, hey, you said you, you act before you think, right? I think we should love mm-hmm. before we think. <laughs> if you saw someone on fire, it doesn't matter. You're like running to him. Hey, you're on fire. You're on fire. You don't think, right. <laughs> is it proper to, for me to ask this person at this time that they're on fire? You know, you, so like, and if you do it in love, right? Love is what it's about. If someone comes to you in love, it's different than if they're coming to you in anger, judgment, you know, um, trying to prove something. So, and here's, here's my advice. <laughs> put, put, put a sign. I don't care. I, I don't sell these things. I just give them away. But, um, you know, both sides, just do something in your window. It doesn't matter. Like there are people walking by your house. That if they if God ever is calling them to study or look for somebody, that's an answer to prayer right there. Just that's a sign, actually. God sent them a sign, a literally. <laughs> so yeah, that my encouragement is just to be um not ashamed of the gospel. Like this is the truth. And when we die, that's it. You know, if you're not right with God and you're not in Jesus Christ, you you're done. So um, I don't know. I pray for love, right? That we could all love the way Jesus does. Because uh, if we could love, it doesn't matter. You wouldn't be ashamed. You wouldn't be scared, right? If we loved enough, nothing would bother us. So that's that's my uh, my two cents. So you guys saw a sign today. <laughs> you can do it one more time. One more time. I didn't get it all. Yeah, right yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So we're it's about twelve fifty two. Um, I would say real quick. We always like to leave um, with the gospel because people say gospel. That could mean anything though. So um, let's let's see who who would want to like to tell us what the gospel is and uh, what it means to be a follower of Jesus, I guess, because that we always want to have that because we can't leave that out. That's the most important thing. So and, and, and by the way, real quick, we're, there are going to be people who watch this. This is recorded. We'll be able to play. So we never know in the future what's going to happen, you know, and so that's encouraging. Like that's what's neat about media or, or social media. These things you put up can be watched by somebody in India, Pakistan, Australia, China, Singapore, whatever, anywhere. But if we just were in the room together, guys, we'd just be talking to ourselves. So this is pretty cool. So who wants to tell the gospel? Uh, last time I think, uh, was it 
Was it taste I, then? Or? I did. I, I hope I didn't offend anybody or, or butcher it too bad. No, no. Who wants to do it now? How, Christian, how about you? The young one. You want me to try it? Yeah, go for it. Well, I'll try to condense it as best with meat as I can. But I think about this in First Corinthians chapter 15, you know, verses 1 through 4. You know, Paul gives an account basically of what the gospel was. You know, we have Jesus who came down in the flesh, John chapter 1, verse 14. He was God in the flesh. He came and he served and he ministered and he just, you know, he impacts the world in so many ways. And he was the son of God. And so through all this, you know, the world hated him. He, uh, I mean, it was just, the, the sacrifice he made upon that cross, he bared the iniquity of our sin. That the blood that was shed for the remission of nature's sins, it, it, it offered a gift. Uh, it offered a an, an open invitation to all men that they can receive this wonderful gift of eternal life because we cannot, you know, we cannot obtain eternal life ourselves. You know, the, the wages of sin is death, Romans 6 and verse 23. And so for those of you watching, it's, it's crucial that, you know, we do teach the gospel, the good news that, you know, Christ came in the flesh. He, he dwelt among men and he was crucified upon a cross and then he was resurrected. That's important. He was resurrected on the third day. He, Ascended into heaven, and then he became, you know, God. You know, God gave him that authority, and then we get into the Great Commission. You know, he's teaching his, he's telling his uh, disciples, his apostles, to go and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And so that's what, you know, for the viewers out there, that's what we're trying to all do. We're, we're trying to be the best disciples of Christ we can uh, to help, you know, teach nations and to teach, you know, people need to hear the gospel. They need to hear this Romans chapter 10, verse 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. They need to believe that Jesus is the son of God. He was the son of God uh, in the flesh. Uh, John chapter eight, verse 24 says, unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. So we have hearing, we have believing that gospel. And then we have repenting. It means you, you turn away. You turn away from you were in that previous life. So obviously with repentance, you know, uh, unless we repent, we shall likewise perish. Luke chapter 13, verse three. And then we love to confess, you know, Matthew chapter 10, verse 32. Jesus is telling people, you know, he's telling disciples, if you confess me before men, I will confess before my father. And so we have that beautiful confession that we we confess that Jesus is the son of God, that he was resurrected from the dead. And so we have that Romans chapter 10. And so and then this all leads into baptism. I know we talk a lot about baptism, but baptism is that reenactment of the death, the burial, the resurrection. We can read that in Romans 6, verses 3 through 5. We know in 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 21, for the viewers out there who may be confused about baptism, baptism is the act that saves us. It adds us to the church, Acts 2, 47. So with 1 Peter 3, 21, the Bible says, you know, the like figure into where baptism does now save us. It's that saving grace. It, it, you know, it remisses our sins. I think Colossians 2, I know there are a lot of verses out there, but Colossians 2 and verse 12, we, we have that biblical evidence that God is working upon the hearts. He is washing away our sin We are when we are immersed in the water. That is that is the contact in the blood of Christ and being raised in the newness to walk. As Christians, we have a new life. Uh, we are new men. Uh, Colossians 3, uh, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17, we're new creatures. And through this new life, we have an obligation to live faith by his word, the authority of his word, 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16. 
And with all this said, this, uh, this beautiful new life, if we continue to live faithfully by his word, and we will one day receive that crown of life in heaven, Revelation 2, verse 10. And so for the viewers out there, you know, that's, that's kind of a very, you know, God convinced form, but it's important that we teach not only the gospel, but what else it means to, you know, be saved and to be added to his kingdom, to his church. And so, uh, you know, and, and, and that's the thing. We are always willing, to, you know, ready to help, you know, ready to assist anyone who needs to be added to the kingdom. So in one sentence, why should you become a Christian? So you can have eternal life and live with God. So anybody else? Yeah. Thank you, Christian. Anybody else? Chris. To glorify him. Chris. Chase. Uh, because he first loved us. Awesome. Benjamin. Ben. God wants all men to be saved. And um, I think, you know, that means he wants us to be saved here. We are his creation. So, you know, he says, if you love me, keep my commandments. And we want to do that. We want to be in his service. Awesome. Aaron. I mean, if you just look at the cross, what Jesus willingly gave up, Philippians 2, mm -hmm. and came to earth to be persecuted, I mean, spit on by the people he spoke into existence. I mean, for him mm -hmm. to do that just so that I don't have to go to hell. I mean, that, that that's a love I'll never quite understand fully. And so everything else in, in comparison to that seems sort of small. You know, I've got to, what, give up something that I might enjoy doing for a few years. I mean, the cross is everything. So you know. It is. Yeah, I'll add that uh, without him, we are in darkness. I think right. people know this. Everybody realizes it. They're in darkness. There is no hope. So um, with him, there is all hope, all light, all good. Well, guys, thanks so much for being here. Um, I really appreciate your time. It's, it's exactly an hour pretty much when we've been doing this. Um, how about uh, Chris? You can uh, see us off in prayer. Maybe we could pray for a couple people who had these questions. And um, just pray that this week, those who see this and us included can be a uh, you know, be a light, a bright light, right? This is the best time in this darkness. The coronavirus is the blessing to all Christians because it makes people focus on what? Death. Death is where you find life in Christianity, in, in Christ, right? So when you don't focus on death, you never, you don't fear anything. You're like, ah, whatever. It's going to happen way up in the future. So this is a blessing for Christians, I think. So, And it's great to see you all online doing stuff on social media. Keep it up. Thanks, Chris. Go, go ahead. You know. Let's pray. Our most kind and gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for another day. We thank you for the opportunities that you place before us, and we, play, we pray that we take full advantage of them just to glorify you, to shine a light in a world of darkness. We pray, God, that uh, we can be dedicated disciples, that we can show others by our example what it means to love, what it means to follow, and what it means uh, to lead. We pray, God, for those who, who ask the questions tonight and, uh, you know, pray for for them and going forward, uh, pray for their uh, influence. Pray that they can be a, uh, um, you know, a, a light in their world as well. And we pray that all of us will seek uh, to save the lost, that we will be uh, people who exhibit the love of Christ. And we pray for all of our different ministries that we're involved in and the churches that we work with. And, and just pray that you'll help us, Lord, to serve you to the best of our ability Give us strength. Help us, Lord, to um, to lead by example. It's in your son's precious name we pray. Amen. Amen.